Hey everyone, my name is Jason West and this is Pod Class. So here we are, our final strike edition episode. I know you're probably thinking, how is it possible that this guy is still doing strike edition episodes? The strike ended. He did, he even did an hour-long recap of the LAUSD strike and the deal that they got. What more could he possibly talk about? Well, allow me to educate you. There is still a strike going on in Southern California with Southern California teachers. Oh yes, it is a strike that most people don't know about. It's actually a series of charter schools on strike called the Accelerated School. It's three schools. They've been around since the 90s and they are also striking. Their strike started around the same time that the LA Unified strike started. They are striking for three major things right now. They are striking for quality health benefits, they are striking for due process, and they are striking for binding arbitration. So what I thought I would do is I would call the teachers who were at that school and interview them about how their experience is different from the LA Unified School District strike experience. Do they feel like the stepchild of UTLA, which, by the way, also represents this system of charter schools? I asked them if they felt there was a conflict of interest given that UTLA and LAUSD teachers were striking for many reasons, but one of the reasons was against the privatization of public schools to end charter schools, put a cap on charter schools, and yet UTLA is still representing charter school unionized teachers. So I asked them about that. Really interesting stuff to get from here. My special guests today are Joe and Chandler. They are 7th and 8th grade English teachers. They are engaged and uh, it's a bit of an interesting interview for many reasons, but logistically because we did it through the phone and they were stuck in typical LA traffic. So you might hear uh, some some honking and some beeping uh, and some buzzing since it was on a phone. But if you can get past all those little funny sound ticks in the background, uh, there's some really interesting stuff to get from this interview. So uh, I look forward to you hearing it. And again, in the interest of solidarity and equality, there will be no funny fake commercial break. Let's just get right into the show, shall we? Let's go. Okay, so we are back, and just when you thought, I couldn't say anything more about the strike in LA, you thought, hey, well, the teachers are back. What else is there to talk about? Well, there's actually still a strike going on in Southern California with teachers, and with me remotely in their car driving through horrible LA traffic is Joe and Chandler. They are teachers at the Accelerated Schools. It's a charter school. I believe there are three schools and they are currently striking. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. I hope the traffic is treating you guys okay. Don't crash while (laughs) recording this. We'll try not to. (laughs) So tell us about what it is you are striking for, because what most people don't realize is that you are a charter school, but you are also represented 
by UTLA. So are your strike demands similar to the LA Unified demands or is it something totally different? It's actually something completely different. Um, The demands that LAUSD public schools were asking for are more than what we were asking for. The three demands that we would like are binding arbitration, which basically just means that if we were to face non-renewal or disciplinary action as a professional, we would have a third-party neutral person to kind of weigh in and advocate for us. Um, The second demand was due process. So if we were non-renewed at the end of the year, we would have to be told why so that we could, you know, improve our craft and get better at it. Um, And the last thing that we asked were better healthcare benefits because currently our school freezes their assistance at the dollar amount, which doesn't really leave room for the cost of living and the increase of insurance premiums. So we were asking them to settle on a percentage as opposed to a dollar amount. Um, So really only one out of our three demands required money. Now you are being represented by the same public school teachers that fought vigorously against charter schools. And part of part of what their demands were, was to put a cap on charter schools. Do you feel like there is a conflict of interest with Alex Caputo-Pearl and UTLA representing kind of both sides of the spectrum? I personally don't think so because I feel like charter schools get a bad rap since a good portion of them adopt a business model, the same kind of business model that we're actually trying to fight right now with our strike. Charter schools were meant to be a sandbox for teachers to try different strategies, try different teaching styles, um, and really meet the unique needs of the communities that they're founded in. And we've kind of lost touch with that as charter schools start opening chain charters. Um, And really this strike was more to restructure the idea of charter schools. Um, I personally don't think that having a cap on charters is bad. I do think that the charters that are open now should be you know, remain open, but definitely reassess if they are actually meeting the needs in the communities that they're in. I don't think it's a conflict of interest. I think that it's definitely a movement in and of its own because it's re uh, kind of reestablishing what charter schools are meant to be and trying to find our purpose from where we actually started. How long have you both been teaching and have you been at the charter school this entire time? I've been teaching at TAS for two years. This is my second year. Uh, I spent a couple years in the public school system, teaching same grade, same subject. And I have been at TAS for two years, and this is my third year teaching. Uh, Joe and I actually met at our first school in uh, Hacienda La Puente. So we went from public school to charter. um, And it's been a pretty interesting experience so far in the past two years. What has been the biggest difference in your view going from public school to charter? The class size. (laughs) The class size is awesome from uh, what we're used to. Uh, At public school, uh, we were used to about 40, 43 kids a class. Um, And going to TAS, I think the the biggest class I have right now is 34, which is still kind of big, but definitely much more manageable than 42, 43. Um, I also really loved the facilities and Joe's got a wonderful classroom that he loves. <laughs> yeah. My biggest class I think is only 24 and my smallest is 16. So the class wow. is, yeah, the class size difference is great. It's easier to build those relationships when you only have that amount of students in your class. But yeah, that, I have enjoyed that for sure. While your strike and the LAUSD strike was overlapping, 
you would see things on social media and in the news about, hey, here are some charter school teachers out here uh, protesting and they are in solidarity with the LA Unified Teachers. This is so great. Do you feel that is being reciprocated uh, now that the public school teachers are back at school? Do you feel that they are pushing for you to win as well? Or do you feel kind of like you're the stepchild of UTLA? <laughs> no, I think that our strike has kind of enlightened them on our struggle where we have maybe been used as like a scapegoat. And now that we are coming together, we're understanding each other and we're really fighting for the same thing. So we don't mind having oversight or being held accountable. And the more that we talk to public school teachers, the more that we attend meetings with them and are out there on the line with them, it seems like we're building solidarity with them too. It was really fun because we actually got to speak with a bunch of charter school leaders, um, I wanted to say a couple days ago, at the UTLA headquarters. And um, it was interesting to hear from them how we're a school that asking for three things that every single other person in the room already had. And 90, 90%, I wanted to say, uh, of all the schools in California have what we're asking for. Um, and the more we got to speak with these charter leaders, it was really cool to, to see them like look at us differently. I know that during the LAUSD strikes, we were, um, we went downtown with them to little Tokyo to show our support for them. And uh, we all met up and had lunch together. And when they would ask what school we were from, we would say, Oh, the accelerated school, it's a charter school. And their face would change. They'd be like, Oh, charter. So I'm like, no, 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 let's, let's mm -hmm. talk about that. Let me, let me tell you what's going on. And so the more communication we had, the more we kind of broke their stereotypes down, like, no, that not all charters are like that. This is what ours is like. Um, and it was really cool. And that, that kind of just showed us. <laughs> You're like, ours is so much better. That's why we're also striking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, but it was cool to, to really get to talk more. It just, the more that we were around the public school teachers, the more we realized there's just not a whole lot of communication and there's a lot of misconceptions about charters, um, both that they're better, uh, quote unquote, and uh, another that they steal kids from public schools. Um, and not all of charters are like that. So can you elaborate on that a bit? How, how does it not live up to the expectation that a lot of public school teachers have that it steals money and students from the public school system? What's unique kind of about a charter is that they're allowed to receive both private funding and public funding if it's a public charter. That's what TAS is. TAS, WAS, and ACES, we're, we're considered public charters, which means we get private donations and we get public donations. And contrary to what our board would want other people to believe, most of our money actually comes from state funding. 100% um, of our kids get free and reduced lunch. It's a very low-income neighborhood. And um, a lot of the kids prefer to go to TAS because it's actually a K through 12 campus. So we've got little kids and high school kids in the same campus. And a lot of the teacher or the parents that go there, it's kind of like a one-stop shop for them. They can drop all their kids off and pick them all up at the same place. But it's also really unique to build that community also between the high school kids, the little kids. There's the potential for reading buddies and mentors and um, just a lot more things to, to experiment with since we have everybody together. But, but, but what we're fighting for, it's not allowing that to happen because of the turnover, because of the lack of job security, where even though we have the opportunity to build those relationships with kids for 12 years, we're not getting that opportunity because of the contracts. 
Yeah, I, I I worked at a charter school for a number of years, and yes, the 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 turnover among teachers was uh, was fairly significant. There would be there was this one grade, and we you know we talk about it to this day. I still have relationships with those students; they're all in college now. And we talk about how they you know they completely dodged a bullet by being born a year or two years before this one grade because they lost their teachers at the end of every year, they would just, all their teachers that they had would be gone and there'd be a whole new set of teachers. And so every year they would get a new set of teachers and all the teachers they had the year before wouldn't be there. Uh, so there was just a real lack of stability for, for those yeah. kids. But the charter school that I worked for was not unionized. How long has TAS been unionized? Oof, I'm not sure how many years. I think three years. It's been relatively new. I did learn from um, one of our more veteran teachers, Carrie Rivera. Um, she's kind of like everybody's mom. We go to her for advice and she keeps us going. Um, she actually shared that one of a couple of the teachers that wrote our school's charter that kind of got it started, um, they attempted to unionize many years before, but when the question of being unionized was brought up, they were suspiciously let go. Mm. So it was definitely not something that our, our board really wanted just because they knew how powerful a union could be and they knew how powerful solidarity could be. And honestly, the, the union is really what's making this happen. We're, we're protected under the union. We've made so many great friends and we've had so much support. Um, and we're actually of the opinion that more schools, more charter schools should be unionized because the union is really kind of like a club for us. Like that's where we get to have those dialogues with other schools and other public schools and share best practices and get ideas and hold each other accountable, but also like grow together and learn from each other. So in the interest of playing devil's advocate, imagine you're face to face with the heads of these other charter organizations and they say, look, we've been watching what's been going on with the accelerated schools and within three years of unionizing, they've already started to strike. What do you say to, what would you say to those organization leaders about why they should still allow for their charter teachers to unionize given how quickly your school has gone to strike after unionizing? I would, I would say to, to become a better business person. If they want to run their, their school like a business, then take the example of successful business people. Like Richard Branson, if you want to have a successful business, you train your employees well enough that they can leave and you treat them well enough that they don't want to leave. If you follow that business model, you're not going to have these problems and the union will be more of just support and not any type of threat. And furthermore, in my opinion, if your teachers are unionizing, it's not a bad thing. It gives them collective voice. It gives them options. And as a business, like speaking to those charter schools or um, who are questioning that, I would ask them to look in, back to their foundational charter. Like, why did you open your school? Did you do it so that you could have a monopoly over education or did you do it to meet the needs of the kids in your community? And if you're trusting your professional teachers, where we go through so much school and so much training and so much to get where we're at, you can't treat them like professionals and hear them out. You're doing yourself a disservice. You're shutting your doors to getting better as an organization. You're shutting your doors to new teaching practices. And you're making a stagnant environment where people can't question or grow. If nothing is able to be questioned, you can't learn. You can't grow. You can't get better. You know, in education, we're always talking about pluses and deltas, right? Like what are the 
positive aspects and what are things that we'd like to change. So being in the charter world, what is the biggest positive of being in the charter world? And what's the biggest thing you'd like to see changed in the charter world? I think the custom ability or the customizability, I guess you'd say, um, of each school, the fact that there can be an arts charter or a steam charter or a magnet school, like you get so many more options and you can really customize your educational experience. I think that that's super cool. Another aspect to charter is the fact that you get to pull, like if you're a lottery system, like our charter, you pull from the people directly in your community and you get to have a much more intimate relationship with your staff, with your community, with parents. I can't tell you how many parents I've gone out to dinner with. I've been to my kids' quinceaneras. Uh, they want to come to my wedding. You know, It's just the relationships can be so much more deep because of how small the class size is and how intimate of a setting a charter is. Same question. Now, what about the union world? What is, what is one of the best things about being part of a union? And what's something you'd like to see changed in the world of unionized teachers? I love being part of a union just because I get to talk with people outside my community and kind of get a perspective on things. Um, I also appreciate how the one thing that does keep us together is the fact that we're all teachers and we all understand the struggle. It doesn't really matter what subject you teach, how long you've been teaching, where you where you teach so much, but the act of being a teacher and getting to speak to other like-minded people, mm-hmm. that's really cool about a union. I think personally, uh, being a union member is running my family. My grandfather was a teamster. My father was a steel worker. And I know that the union always protected workers' rights and when presented with the opportunity to join a union, I took it. So with everything that UTLA is demanding, right? They're demanding due process, they're demanding binding arbitration and better health benefits. What is it specifically that you are striking for? What is the thing that is personal to you about this strike? For me, I want my kids to quit being shortchanged of an educational experience. Last year, my students did not have a math teacher until the last three months of school. They had subs repeatedly throughout the year and they struggled in math. I'm an English teacher and I was trying to help them with math. I was watching Khan Academy videos with them. Like, okay, let's try to do the math thing. Just because they, they didn't have a relationship with the laundry list of subs throughout the year. And for me personally, striking for that binding arbitration, I, I, I have a loud mouth. I actually believe that I was not hired back at my first school because I was advocating too passionately and making my administrators look bad. Um, But I want to hold the people who employ me accountable because my kids deserve better. Um, We have a surplus of $29 million and I'm cutting erasers in half because they're telling me they have no money. And my kids... There, there is money. My kids deserve better. My kids already come from an impoverished community and they are the only hope that their families have at getting out of this hole that they're in, in South Central. And they should not be denied basic things like erasers, clean classrooms. We had one teacher come back after Thanksgiving break and find two dead rats in her classroom and it reeked in there. And the kids had to sit in that classroom before she was like, no, I'm taking them up to the roof. Forget it. We're not, we're not sitting in here. But those basic things that would make our management look bad, we can't feel confident speaking out against those things if we don't have binding arbitration. Because if we make anyone look bad, we're expendable. 
And you said that your school didn't have a math teacher for the better part of the year. Do you think that that was because they had a good math teacher that was fired without cause? Or is it just that difficult to find quality math teachers to come and work in that area at that school? No, I would say it's more of just the good teachers leaving. That's the trend. We have wonderful teachers who want to be here in the community, but they're forced out because they have to make choices about like family provisions versus their job. We had one teacher in the high school who was pregnant. She got pregnant and she had to choose between taking care of her baby or working because the health insurance from the school didn't cover it. So she actually had to leave this job and get a different one. And that was her choice. But it's mostly good teachers that are leaving. It's not to do with the content area. It's not to do with the the ability of other teachers or that math is just hard to do. It's more of like good people just aren't being valued enough to want to stay. And how about you, Joe? What what exactly are you striking for? What's personal to you? And I, and you can't just say the same answer because you're engaged <laughs> to the person you're interviewing with. Well, it's personal to me because in my class, what I am teaching right now, my unit is entitled In Pursuit. And it's about the pursuit of justice in the society. And the day before we went on strike, I presented my class with the UN list of 30 human rights. And what we are asking for is basically number 10 and number 11. So I could not go back into my classroom and face my students and let them know that I am allowing these corporate thugs basically to take away my rights and just take a raise instead. I could not go in there and look at my class with a straight face and teach them about pursuit of justice in society and not take this down. How have your administrators treated this whole situation? We're kind of divided on that. Since we're three schools, we have three different administration for middle school. I have a very close relationship with our uh, administrators, our principals. And just yesterday, um, he had looked out through the gates and he saw me outside and he said, oh, hi, Miss Heath. How are you? I'm like, I'm okay. I miss you. And he's like, I need to give you a hug. And he came out and crossed the line and gave me a hug. And we both just started crying. And he's like, this sucks. I'm like, I know this sucks. I miss you so much. I miss my kids. I miss my classroom. He's like, we want you back so bad. I'm like, I know, but this is more important. He said, you're doing what you can and you're doing what you feel is right. But I'm also doing what I feel is right too. Um, High school, not so much. Our high school administration has been high-fiving every sub that walks through the gate. Um, They've been antagonistic. They haven't been supportive of their teachers. Um, It's kind of sad, really. Our high school friends are really struggling. And we're all all very concerned about how we're going to mend those relationships when we do win and when we do go back. Um, and ACES, of course, has a lovely relationship with their administration. They're best friends. Um, so we're all a little bit different. Um, high school also has had struggle with uh, administrative turnover as well. They've had an interim principal for about two, two years that I know of. Um, and so there's really not that much time for an administrator to really build those relationships with teachers. Our principal at TAS has been there, oh God, 10 years about 10 years. Um, so he's known all the teachers in middle school for a while. And he's, he's a very personal man. He's a wonderful gentleman, um, overworked, <laughs> but he's, he's personable and I do miss them a lot. So I'm going to get you both out of here on this final question. Something that I was asking all LAUSD teachers who came on the show during the strike, 
What did you tell your students on the last day of school before you went on strike? I told them that if this was the last time that I was going to see them, that I was very proud of them and that I expected them to carry their heads high and with dignity. And they were under no circumstances allowed to be disrespectful to anybody who was in my space that we created together. And I told them that what we are about to do is out of love and that they are learning from us taking a stand. And I told them that they were worth it. I told them that my job and my paycheck are not going to come between what they deserve as kids in America to get a free education. I also told them <laughs> that they're allowed to look outside. They're allowed to say hi. They're allowed to still text me if they need to, but that I'm not going to abandon them. How about you, Joe? On the last day, I just let them know that if I wasn't going to be there tomorrow, if we didn't reach an agreement, that what I'm doing is for their future and to set a precedent for schools like ours. And that when I come back, we're going to be answering questions on chapter one through three of The Giver. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's an emotional thing. Uh, to At the end of every school year, it's an emotional thing to leave your students and have your students leave you. Uh, I can only imagine that feeling of um, almost being torn apart and not having it come to a, a soft landing, a soft ending like the end of the school year would normally have. Uh, you know. So my heart goes out to you both uh, and all the teachers who are feeling that way. Uh, I really appreciate you both coming on the show and taking time out of your day. I'm sure you're all very tired from, <laughs> you know, uh, what, and you're on now day down day nine of striking it's uh it, it, it takes of an emotional and physical toll so i really appreciate you both taking that extra bit of energy to come on the show uh it sounds like you guys got to where you're going i'm glad you didn't crash i'm glad i'm not the cause <laughs> of an accident and uh yeah good, good luck good luck with the struggle and yeah, thanks for hearing us thanks for listening to our stories and giving our our, our little strike that could <laughs> a voice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay, that is our show. Thank you to my very special guest, Joe and Chandler from the Accelerated School Charter School System. That is it. We are, I promise, we are done with Los Angeles-based strike-centric podcasts. Uh, I'm sure it'll get brought up again from time to time. Uh, as this is a really big deal out here, but I promise I've mined this story all the way to its core. There are no further angles that I can think to take. Uh, if you think of any that you think, wow, everyone really needs to hear this, please feel free to hit me up on social media at Teach Me Mr. West, or you can email me at podclasspod, that's podclasspod at gmail.com. Our next episode, as promised, will feature an assistant superintendent who is not part of the L.A. school scene. Uh, and again, we recorded this episode before the strike, so uh, no talk of the strike then. But there's still a lot of really interesting stuff to get from my conversation with him. And until next week, we are done with strike episodes. Have a great week. Pod class dismissed.